Matthew chapter 6, verse 5 to 15. And when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. Truly I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. And when you pray, do not keep on babbling like pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. This, then, is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. This is the word of God. And thank you so much, Sister Ingrid, for uh, reading the Word of God. So, this week, for many of us, starts an exciting period. And I think for all of us, this time of the year is a time when you may feel some anxiety about all the things that are upcoming, that are starting. You may wonder, can I make it? won't I fail myself? And uh, yeah, what will a new season bring to us? On school, on university, in your job, in your family, there are so many reasons that we might feel a bit anxious about everything. Now, this is, of course, nothing new. It seems it is uh, something that we all have as humans, not only now, but also in the time of Jesus. Uh, We just heard how our Lord Jesus Christ teaches how to pray. And of course, in all our anxiety, we may pray to him and find rest through prayer. But uh, you may wonder, how does that work? How can I find rest through prayer? And today, I would like to tell you more about that, not Uh, because these are my ideas, but I would like to bring forward what is in the Word of God, so what Jesus himself uh, gives to us through his words. Now, it's good to be aware in the days of Jesus, when Jesus is teaching, life was not easy in those days. So Palestine, uh, where Israel was living, um, was uh, a remote province of the Roman Empire, uh, it was seen as, an, uh, as, a, as a province simply 
there to provide for, for grain for the big cities of the Roman Empire. And because of this, at times, there was hunger in the country. You might uh, lack enough food. Uh, and in some or other way, um, other ways you might have debts to this Roman Empire. The Romans were good at it to bring you in more and more and more debts and everybody felt these debts. It was really a problem. I read that when the Jewish revolt was there, the first thing they did was they went to the temple. Here were the uh, records of the debts kept and the first thing they did was burn all these records for they felt the burden of all their debts to the Roman Empire. So uh, the Romans might also punish you severely if you didn't do what they wanted and um, the most cruel example of that is that they used the cross the cross to crucify rebels. And there were many crosses throughout the country, so everybody feared the evil that could all of a sudden come to you if you were not seen as good by the Romans. So this is a bit the atmosphere wherein the people lived in Jesus' days. So you can imagine that anxiety, as we may feel anxiety, was also th something people felt then. And I think it's universal. We all, at times, feel a bit anxious. Now, of course, their question, but also our question, may be, how can I survive? How, how can, I, can I get through? How can I feel rest deep within? Isn't this something we all long for? Now, when Jesus starts to teach, he has presented himself, God has presented Jesus as the true redeeming king. That is what Matthew's book, which we heard a small passage from, is about. That Jesus is the long-announced, the long-predicted savior king. So as once Moses was sent by God to save uh, the people of Israel from a cruel pharaoh, to deliver them and to bring them to a promised land of freedom and rest and joy. So now Jesus is, so to say, the true Moses, more than Moses. He is the true king, more than King David, the famous king who brought rest and peace for Israel. And when Jesus starts to teach about prayer, he does not just teach a few religious things for the religious people. No, Jesus is presented as the son of the creator of the universe, the one who was there before the universe was there. And Jesus calls this God Father. So he says, I am the king sent by my Father to bring redemption to you. So to say, you shouldn't look at all your pharaohs for your fears. And you shouldn't look at yourselves to save yourself, to provide for yourself, to make it by yourself. No, this God, creator of the universe, is my father and I have come so that you can get to know him as your father. And that brings the true rest that we all need. Now, Jesus teaches how to pray because he himself is used to pray. Prayer for him 
is not just a religious duty that you should do in order to feel good. No, prayer for Jesus is to approach his own heavenly Father. And that gives him rest. He knows that the Father in heaven has given him a task. So the task Jesus has received is to glorify the name of his Father in heaven. To bring the kingdom of his Father in heaven on earth. And to do the will of his Father. So Jesus prays that that may happen. So that he may be devoted to his task. And then Jesus knows that he can rely on his Father in heaven to support him. And now as Jesus has this privilege to call God his Father who provides for him. Now Jesus also wants us to come to him to become children of God and that we also should have his father as our father. By nature, we are not children of God. We are strangers to God. We don't know him. We don't want anyone to rule over us. Um, By nature, we don't know him and we transgress his laws, we are enemies of him. But Jesus has come for such people as we all are to be saved from that. And through what he did when he would die on the cross to become children of God, accepted by God. Now, as Jesus had a task when he was on earth, we have our tasks It's not the same task as Jesus. Jesus did the big, great work that we all needed of salvation. But we all have our own tasks. For instance, in our family, on our school, in our work. And of course, it's good that we devote ourselves to our task on earth. But how wonderful is it then that there is a Father in heaven to support us in our task that we have on earth. Now, Jesus teaches us, when he teaches us about prayer, we may come to God first with the request that through the things we do, his name may be glorified, his kingdom may be seen and may come further and his will may be done. But then Jesus also teaches us that we may come to him with all our requests and our needs. And that is what the second half of the Lord's Prayer is all about, about a caring father, and we may come to him with all our needs. Now, when you look at the second half of the Lord's Prayer, you see that um, we may come to God for three kinds of needs, and that God, as our Father, wants to take care of us in three ways. First, God is the God who provides. Secondly, God is the God who pardons. And thirdly, God is the God who protects. Let us have a look at each of these topics and how they cohere. First, that the Father is the Father who provides. So we may ask the Father, give us today our daily bread. Now, daily bread is good to know. That is an expression that stands for the things we, we need. So it's not limited to bread, but as we sometimes say, I work to have bread, then we don't mean that we only work to have bread, but for instance, we also mean by that that we work to have clothing, to be able to pay for our house, and so on. We need these things, 
And the father knows. And it's good that we bring our requests to him. Why should we do that? So shouldn't we bother about that ourselves? Uh, should we bother God about such tiny things? Our daily worries, our daily needs? Yes, Jesus teaches us do that. So of course prioritize the honor and the glory of God, but then also bring your small requests every day to God. Why? Well, first, that we may confess by that that we depend on God. So, for most of us, it's very self-evident that we may have bread that we can eat. However, let's be aware, this is not self-evident. Ask the elderly people, look around in the world. Sometimes people all of a sudden experience what it is to lack the most essential things. So it's a gracious thing. If we have bread and clothing and a house and, and all these things. So let's confess by asking for these things that we depend on God. He is the giver of it. And let's be grateful when we have it. And then also let's ask him for our daily bread so that we may receive it from him. Um, so you may ask the bread is already on my table. Why should I ask if I already have it? Well, you might ask for the bread in order to receive it, not just to take it. So that behind the bread, you see the hand of a loving father. What a difference is this? Just to start eating or to be aware, behind this food is the hand of my father. So I will ask, Father, give it to me. And the Father says, yes, I give it to you. And then all of a sudden, it's a gift of love. So behind it, you experience your relationship with your providing Father. Give us today our daily bread. There is one more reason why we should pray this. And uh, pay attention, Jesus didn't teach us, give me my daily bread. But he said, give us and in us, we do not only hear that we may have the same father as Jesus, but we also become aware that we are part of a family. We are not alone. We are part of a community. And not only here where you are, but a worldwide community. So you may say, why should I ask for bread if it's already on my table? But be aware, you are family of others worldwide. Think of those in Haiti. Do they have bread on their table? Do they have a table at all to place their bread on? Now, as we become Christians, we should be aware that we are part of a family. And maybe when we ask this to God, then in return, the Lord Jesus wants us to be involved in some of the needs that are present in the world. As Jesus once did, when he said to his disciples, when they had a concern about all the people who were hungry, and then Jesus replied, you give them some food. And they th said, well, uh, they felt they had not the possibility to do so. But Jesus said, how much did you receive? Well, five loaves, uh, two fish. And then Jesus said, well, let's give thanks and let's start to use what has been given to us to provide in the needs of others so that you may reflect the Father. So 
In our anxieties, with our daily concerns and needs, we may approach God as our Father. And you may ask him everything that you are worried about, that you need this day. And be aware, you are part of a family. Praying also makes you responsible. You might look how you can be meaningful for others. Now, as God's children, in the heavens, we have a father with a name. And because of that, on earth, we will have bread. He will provide for us in the things we need. What a wonderful thing is it to see the loving hand of our Father in our daily things, that he takes care of us. Come to know that, and it will give you more joy, and it will give you more rest. Now, our needs are not limited to uh, uh, what we uh, what we need or what we lack, there is another thing to pay attention to, and that is our debts. So by nature, we might feel that we may fail ourselves, our own expectations. We want to make it, and we may be anxious that we can't make it. But when we come to know God as our Father, we also come to know that we um, miss the expectations that He may have of us. So he has expectations, he has laws for humans, how he would like to see us. And as soon as we get to know him, we become aware that we fail, that we make debts. And Jesus teaches us that we may and must also go with these debts to him. He is the forgiving God, but that he is the forgiving God is not a self-evident thing. Um, let me explain you why. God is, so to say, the judge of all people. Now, would it be a good judge if somebody comes with his or her case to the judge, asks to speak a judgment, and when the judge would say, well, it's wrong, you transgressed the law, but he says to the victim, let it go, forgive it, 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 it is fine, it's no problem. I assume we wouldn't consider such a judge as a good judge. So a judge sh should uh, speak a righteous judgment, shouldn't he? Now God is the judge of the universe, so he should do righteousness. So how then could we ask God for forgiveness? Uh, shouldn't we just aim not to fail and see that if we fail, we have got a big problem? Well... God knew this problem, and this is our very, our, our, our really biggest problem in life. Our sins cause the anger of God, cause us to have debts before God. But God knew this, and for this reason, God sent His Son to be the Savior of the world, so that He might save us from our sins. Now, Jesus, why did He come? He came to fulfill the law of God. As the Son of God, he would do what we should have done. He would honor the name of God, bring the kingdom of forgiveness, do the will of God. And he would give his life so that he would take upon him our debts, the debts of his people. So Jesus wanted, so to say, to be as the groom, as the bridegroom for his bride, he wanted to unite to them. He would like to take what they have and he wanted to give what he has to them. 
And for this reason, because Jesus died on the cross and paid the debt and took the punishment upon him and rose again, because of this we may come to him. We may be aware that we fail somewhere, but we can tell him and we can ask, Father, forgive me because of what Jesus has done. And then the Father is willing to forgive anyone who comes to him through Jesus. Whatever the fault, whatever the sin is that is there in your life, then you may come to know him no longer as a severe judge, but you may come to know him as the father of Jesus, who is also your forgiving and loving father. So, in heaven, we have a father with a kingdom of forgiveness, so that on earth we may be forgiven and enjoy his forgiving love. Now, thirdly, there is one thing more that we really need in our lives, lest we be anxious and have our worries and our concerns, and that is the protection of God. For our God is a God who provides as a father, who ransoms and saves through his son, but he is also a God who sent his spirit that he might lead us on the way. And this spirit will never fail us to bring us into the kingdom of God. And that may give you a deep rest. Like the people of Israel when they were redeemed from Egypt were led by a cloud through the desert to the promised land. So God has given his Holy Spirit. You can't see him, but he is there for all God's children to guide them. And what kind of protection do we especially need of this Holy Spirit? Well, in the desert, you may know there are sometimes serpents. They are dangerous. They might poison you. And in life, there is the devil, the evil one, and he is also a deceiver. What he wants us to do is to follow our own desires, to follow our own insights about what is good, and then through him become deceived to transgress the laws of God and to to turn away from him, and then suffer from all the consequences of that. Now Jesus teaches us, deliver us from the evil one. Uh, Lead us not into temptation. That does not mean that we will not often be tested in our lives. We, we have to be tested many times. But when we ask, um, lead us not into temptation, we ask, Father, let through your spirit my eyes be open so that when the deceiver comes, when he twists your word, when he wants to get me on the wrong path, that I may see it, that I may be awake and that I will not be led away from you. And this is a, is a prayer that the Lord, that the, the Father is certainly willing to hear. So in heavens, we have got a good Father who provides, who forgives, and a Father also who has a will, a will for us, what we should do, a task to which we should devote ourselves. And in heaven, his will is done, for instance, by the angels. They are swift to do the will of God. Now, may we be like the angels, not misled, not led into temptation, but may we be on earth 
those who also do his will. Just in our daily duties, in the way we do our jobs, our work for our family, our care for our neighbors, and then through doing his will, the glorious name of our Father may be seen. His kingdom of forgiveness may be, may be tasted. And so, yeah, he brings his glory further. What a wonderful prayer has the Lord Jesus given to us to pray for the glory of God and also for our needs, that we have a Father who provides, who pardons and protects. Now, how can we, through praying this, find rest in our anxieties? Let me mention three things. First, by praying this, this prayer is not just a prayer to repeat the words, that is good to do, but it's also a model for our prayers. By praying this prayer, we learn a new way of looking at things. By nature, we are all inclined to look at our problems as the very big things, say like the pharaohs that we fear. We tend to think about them as very huge. And we also tend to think about ourselves as very huge. We are the ones who have to make it. We may not fail. We have to provide for ourselves. We have to protect ourselves and take care of our safety. So we think about ourselves as very big. But through praying this, we humble ourselves. And we don't think too big about our problems, but we learn to think big of our Father in heaven. That's the first step in getting rest, to confess, oh Lord, I was mistaken about you. I, I just thought you may be someone who can help me. But if we get to know this Father, we get impressed. He is so great. All our problems are tiny for him. And no, we are not the ones who can save ourselves. He is the one to save us. A new way of looking. And then we may learn a new way of dealing with our anxiety. So, the Father knows your concerns, the troubles, and there are many things you can't solve by yourself, and you shouldn't. You may focus on your task, and the rest you may bring, no, you may even cast on him. Peter says, cast all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. How wonderful is it to, to lay it at his feet? And then we may learn a new way to have rest. Not rest because we have finished our long list of tasks, of course, that also gives some rest, but we can have rest beforehand when we discern, this is my task to focus myself on this day, and the other concerns I have brought to him, and I may trust him to take care of these. Let me give you an example to make this more clear. I am, as you may know, married. And in, early in the morning when we discuss the day, when we pray for the day, my wife might ask me, or I might ask my wife, uh, could you take care of this or that today? And if we do that, uh, we may fail. However, I think we are devoted to, to do what we agreed. If, if I ask my wife, could you take care of this? Then I know... I don't need to send her WhatsApps throughout the day. Will you not forget it? No, I know she will do it. I, I, I brought it to her. She will take care of it. Now, as humans we can fail. How much the more may we know that our Father won't fail? So in this way we may know it's in good hands. 
He will take care of it so that I can devote myself to my task. What a wonderful God, what a wonderful Father does Jesus give to us. Did you come to know this Father personally? If not, this day may be the day. Come to Jesus. You don't need to make your appearance other than who you really are. Jesus is willing to receive us as sinners with everything. We may come to him and through his grace receive new life, forgiveness, and become children of God so that we might find rest. We may approach the Father in prayer. And as Paul says in Philippians 4, rejoice in the Lord always. This is what we may come to experience then, the joy of God. As Paul says, again I will say rejoice. Let your gentleness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. It was a great joy to be together and start this new week in the presence and with the strength and power and love of our God. And be aware, remind yourself this week that the Lord has said, I am with you all the days. So you may feel some anxiety, but bring it to him and know that your Father is there to be with you and to help you in everything. So receive the blessing of the Lord. By the way, be welcome for the tea, the coffee, and if there are any questions, just come and let's talk about it. Receive the blessing of the Lord. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship with the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen.